1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier line-up of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free. In terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
3: Hello and welcome to this episode of Red Side of the Trend as far as the first Premier League season of the century concludes in a very friendly 1-1 draw away at Crystal Palace. Um, the full original house on this one to round off the campaign as I'm joined by Adam Wicklow, Christian Brown and Lee Clark with it being a dead rubber, not going to go in depth too much and have the usual scrutiny on the game as it was very much party mood for us as seen by some of the brilliant scenes in the away end and some of the brilliant fancy dress costumes as we've seen on social media. So um, straight into it then guys. I mean, the highlight of note from the first half was that we went in ahead at the break. Thanks to Tyro One, you're getting into double figures for the Premier League season. Thanks to another Morgan Gibbs, White assist. So talk us through your thoughts on that goal guys and, with whoever wants to go first, take it away.
4: Yeah, I don't mind going first. Um, Yeah, great goal, another great ball. Um, He loves that little pass, doesn't he, with the outside of his boot? I mean, I've probably lost count of how many times he's tried that this season and when it comes off, it looks absolutely amazing, doesn't it? I think it's when it comes off, it reminds me of, there's there's the old statement of when people say, oh, if that's Messi or Ronaldo that are doing that in the pump, then... It, uh, it makes up sky montages for many years. Um, it, it, it's just, I mean, the season's ending too early for some of our players, isn't it? They're just getting yeah, off the stride true. and, and uh, it, it is what it is. But um, yeah, it would like I say, I mean, it's uh, difficult to over-analyse a game where there's absolutely nothing riding on it, I guess. Um, but yeah, in terms of um, us starting to play, I guess uh, we can't be knocked for that, certainly over the last four games of the season. I never thought
2: I'd see Tyro only chop a defender and a goalkeeper twice before lashing one home. So yeah, I think I think it leads on to something of him it's coming uh, and then and then for him too soon now. Obviously six goals in his last four games. That's player of the month kind of stats, isn't it? And he should get it, shouldn't he? I think. Yeah, and then and he will do. And obviously Gibbs White's been another assist. I mean, I don't think he got that one last week, unfortunately. But I, I'd I'd give it him. I mean, I think that's what eight nine assists for his first season.
0: I think P.L. counted it as an assist last yeah. week.
2: Oh, did they? Okay. Well, still mm-hmm. bloody good going, isn't it? What was it? Nine, ten assists then for the I season? Eight, eight assists, eight assists mm-hmm. and five goals. Can't, can't bloody grumble, can you? Nice yeah. one. Yeah, good good finish in the end. Christian?
0: Yeah, that no, was brilliant. I mean, the ball itself was ridiculous. Yeah. Like it, it reminded me of the one against Leicester, where um Sir Johnson, who uh, obviously, you know, outside left foot again and he just went through and scored. But it was <laughs> at first, I thought Tyler was sort of, miscontrolled it and I think he <laughs> yeah, Adam said um, the same. yeah like Johnston was sort of like I don't know what his positioning was there it was a bit like Mendy against Chelsea he just came sprinting out for no like it was nowhere near it and um, I don't know It's sort of just it was like a bit of like when you watch it back it's just very very strange Like the whole everything about it is very strange you get this like majestic you know like assist of the season contender ball from Gibbs White and then you've got a keeper who sort of runs into no man's land and then gets stuck. You've got Taiwo who miscontrols it about three, four times and then sort of chops <laughs> an offender. And, um, but and then he puts it past two-pin on the line. But, I mean, it was... I mean, obviously, one um, well, for Adam as well, because I know, obviously, you're not convinced Taiwo could strike a ball properly. I hit it so hard, the ball cannon back out. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I like... me, me and Adam kind of wondered what happened. It was a bit of a, like... We like looked at one another like, what what the fuck has just happened? Because, on his
0: weaker foot as well. Yeah, was right it, footed, was, yeah. it was
3: very much as me and Adam Spokes watched the game together. It would have been easy for someone, like, say Surridge was running through there. He would have literally got it onto his right foot and whipped it into mm. that corner. Whereas Tyrone thought, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm <laughs> going to chop it back and then chop the defender and chop him again and then absolutely <laughs> smash it in. And it looked like it. And it. The advertising boards, obviously, because it cannoned out the goal. And we were like... I was, Kind of thought for a second. Has that has that gone in or very unorthodox um, finish? Yeah, wasn't it? yeah. But, yeah, I mean Lee's probably hit a nail on the head there, and he? He's for Tyrew. The season's endings come at a terrible time because he's on absolute fire. You know, he's got to be the form striker in the league, Annie. The last Deadly five goals, games, now, he? he's got yeah. six goals his last six and four. But yeah. I can't imagine anyone's got that like, numbers last four games. I Feel like Kane might have something to say,
2: probably, but otherwise, yeah. you can't really grumble. I mean. No, no. He's, cut, he's come into form at the right time at the end of the season when you need someone to, to start hitting him in, don't you?
3: Yeah. I think the good thing is um, it gives a lot of the players a benchmark to build on next season. Like you look at Cart, who's managed to stay fit for quite a few games now. Mangala's pushed himself into the team. Danilo come good at the end of the season. Gibbs White started to come really good at the end of the season. So fingers crossed, uh, going into next season, we can kind of add some quality and pluck a few holes and we can push on but um, anyway I mean one highlight of note also from the second half as Palace did get their leveller from Will Hughes has had a but I'm not even going to give him the time of day speaking about it so swiftly moving on that sealed our place in 16th in the league for the season and we obviously would have um, all took that at the start of the season. Um, So the main part of the pod is going to be our end of season awards. So got a few to go through. Um, Instead of the usual slept on it thoughts on Twitter, we asked you guys on our Twitter page to send in yours. And we had a huge response. So thank you all for those who did respond. Um, I've gone through them all and totted them up. So we'll see if any of these awards from you guys match up with ours, basically. Um, Play the jingle anyway. Why not?
2: Red side of the Trent. Slept on it thoughts.
3: So, we'll start with the biggest award of the lot, which is the Player of the Season award. Um, So, the listeners, that's you guys, of course. Um, This was a bit of a landslide for um, one player, and that player is Morgan Gibbs White, who finished out on top. Brennan Johnson comes second and Serge Aurier came third. So we're gonna go through ours and now we'll start with you, Adam. Go from three to one.
2: Well, I mean, I've got one one different player, I think, from that. So in third I've put Ryan Yates. Okay. In second I've put Serge Aurier and at the top I've put Morgan Gibbs White. Okay. So I don't I don't know if you want any reasons, especially for Ryan Yates. I just think like what yeah. with him, we looked a much better side in midfield, more, combated, more okay. combative more combative. And and just a bit more, I don't know, he was a bit more bite and he kind of gave us a lot in, in terms of what we needed for this fight. No, I can't really discredit Johnson because he scored so many important goals for us this season. Mm. I just I just couldn't quite put him there. I think it was just like more, he was in splits and splurts, wasn't he, Johnson? I feel like mm. over this course of the season, them three players were very consistent for me. So that that's who I've gone for. So I'll let someone else have their... Moments yeah. of shine,
3: Christian. Do you want to go ahead?
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, just very quickly, um, touching on the
0: Palace game that we just skimmed over completely. <laughs> Um I thought Warrell and they're both very good today. Lance, I think
3: Worrell, that's think Warrells. They both finished this season really strong, which is good. Yeah, isn't it? it's mm. good to see. Jo- yeah, Joe's another one really. I should have mentioned he's finished the season really strong, so that's really good.
0: No, definitely. I made two two very impressive blocks. Yes, so Nick did. Yeah. just seems to be everywhere across the back line. It was great. Yeah. Uh, but going on to the player of the season, I've gone for Johnson in thirds. I've gone for Felipe in seconds, and Gibbs White top. Okay. You might be surprised
3: why Neko Williams isn't there, but <laughs> we can leave, we can leave that for one. He was to be fair, he was another one who looked like he was improving, and then he got. Yeah, jaw unfortunately yeah. it's sure fractured um, jaw he looks alright. Real, like, real shame, so, yeah. yeah so fingers crossed he's somebody who can push on as well again next season and finally before I do mine what about you Lee?
4: yeah mine. my three are the same as Adams but slightly different order I've got uh, Morgan Gibbs-White first um, Ryan Yates second in mine um, don't fall off your seats, everyone. I did say Ryan Yates in <laughs> second. um, And third, I've gone for Aurier because, uh, well, yeah, we're not having reasons, but yeah, there we are. Yeah.
3: Cool. Yeah, it's a clean sweep for um, first. Morgan Gibbs-White is number one for me. Um, Brennan Johnson would be number two. And then third, I've gone for Serge Aurier. So the red side of the trend, player of the season is, and very well done to Morgan Gibbs-White. So we're moving on to the most improved then now. Um We had a variety of players for this from you guys. Um, Yates, Johnson, Tywo, Mangala, Lodi, all gaining several votes. But by a few votes, the listeners' most improved player of the year is Joe Worrell. So we've just mentioned him. So well done to Joe on that. He's had a really good end to the campaign and um, got some consistency. So Adam, uh, who is your most improved player of the year?
2: <laughs> I've gone for Tywo, haven't you? I just think the start of the season when we all well, I thought I loved him. I thought he was a bit of a donkey, and then at the end of the season, he's turned into. We we compared him to Lukaku, didn't we? By the end of yeah. today, Reese, Drogba, Lukaku-esque. in of terms
3: season. of technique. I think I'd say.
2: Yeah, but I mean, he's not got the best touch. He's awkward. He's he's physical, but
3: last, the, just last a six, unit,
2: he? the last six goals he scored have been all very good finishes. You'd say. I mean. All all clean strikes, Christian, even the headers. So uh yeah, only for me. Tyro then for
0: Adam, Christian. I'm sort of torn here. Um I might have to do a little coin toss live on air yeah. and sort of see what it comes up with. <laughs> so um I'm torn between Yates and Tywo because okay. I've well I've tried to be I've tried not to have a player that I've put in like for another category in these as well. Yeah, same. So um I mean Yates yeah, which is incredible, really. I mean, within the space of two years, he's gone from being someone I'd gladly sell to a League One club to someone our midfield is just in the Premier League has fallen to bits about. I mean, it's no surprise. When you look at the games that we were losing, I mean, obviously, we've got that 11-game, was it, uh, run about a win. I think he actually played about two or three of those. Mm. Um, and then as soon as he comes back in, was it, we've got, what, 11 points from 18, pretty much? I mean, that's not a coincidence. And you have to give him credit for that. Of course. Um, the other it, side of the coin it's... is Taiwo and um, well I mean like Adam said I mean you know he's, he wasn't trusted by Cooper all or the, or the staff he played that played a big part in the recruitment team getting sacked um, you know obviously we went with the false nine for a while trying to get Ling- shoehorn Lingard and Gibbs White in the same side. Um and then you know after the World Cup he comes back he looks brilliant against Chelsea absolutely bullies Kulibai, senseless like sends him back to Napoli crying um, then he gets injured for three months, and a completely avoidable scenario. And then you know, he comes back six goals in four games, like he's like robber reincarnated. Um, so, and that, uh, it's so it's difficult. I mean, it goes to either one of the two. Um,
3: yeah, you've got to give me one of the two, mate. I'm sorry.
0: Oh, I'm going to go. Flip uh, slip a little coin. So I find one
3: here. <laughs> um, <laughs> you got a drachma somewhere. Right, or who, like. who wants
0: Yates for heads and Tyro for tails? Yeah. <laughs> so go get, on, get, and that's get, what you
3: said. Yates had right, Tyro so tails. It's gone
2: tails, so I'm going Tyro. Tyro. Okay. Do
3: you know, literally a coin do, toss. Literally a coin
2: toss. Ryan Yates has had the Samba So effect, hasn't he, this season? He's points. He really when he plays yeah. points, and he's not, but he's not made of biscuits. So that's always good.
4: <laughs> Leaf, what about you? Well, I've I've gone for someone else just because I anticipated that nobody else would say him. Um I'm gonna actually go for Renan Lodi. Okay. Um, just on the basis that when we first signed him, a lot were prepared to just admit that he was crap. I mean, a lot of people said that Toffolo was better than him, which is comical. Um I think even Aritofilo would say that's comical. Um, I just think he did look a little bit out of sorts, like it took him a little bit of time to get used to the the certain aspects of of English football. But I think we can all agree, well, I think looking at Twitter after last week, it was unanimous that every every single Forest fan wants him to be signed. And if we can get him for, I mean, I can't believe we're trying to negotiate a price that's cheaper than 25 million for a left-back who's played for Brazil, uh, who will continue to play for Brazil. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go for Lodi.
3: I think, with for me, with Loddy, I think just that pressure trying to perform to get in the Brazil squad, I think, just overtook him. Because as soon as their squad got announced is when he had the Renaissance started. That was when he scored the goal against Tottenham in the Cup. And then ever since then, he's been pretty solid. So, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see Loddy back. And he seems like he really does enjoy it here. But obviously, with his young family and stuff, it's one of them, isn't it? So, I mean... <laughs> The very, very good shots, Tyrell and Loddy, but mine was Ryan Yates. And my reason for that was, obviously, going back to last season, as Christian mentioned, there was doubts over from me personally, whether he would be even good enough for the championship. Um, so he proved people, myself, wronger than many people wrong last season. And then I kind of had a different outlook when we got promoted because... I thought the lad had earned the right to have a chance now. And then all straight away, there was people saying, oh, he's not going to do it in the Prem. But I generally thought he had that right to prove himself, and he has proven himself. So it just shows you what a good coach can do as well, Steve Cooper, um, how much he's improved him. And obviously, as we've spoke about in this pod before, he's a model professional into Ryan Yates. So it does kind of remind me of James Milner in his professionalism. So he would be mine, but... Unfortunately, Tyro got um, the most votes, so the red side of the trench most improved player this season is the man who got double figures in the Premier League today, Tyro Awanyi. So, well done to Tyro. Right, so moving on to the... <laughs> Splittering of applause. Moving on to the goal of the season. Um, this is I'm speaking for the listeners, you guys again. Um, a few for this, but there was one clear winner on this award, and that is the team goal, finished off by Chris Wood to equalise against the Premier League champions, and I believe um, the, what are going to be the treble winners. But start with you, Adam. What's your goal of the season for the Reds?
2: Do you, know, do you know, just ch- touching on that? I I put the post out originally, and I've seen loads of people not even put Wood. They just put the, the team <laughs> goal because they weren't. They didn't want to put his name. I mean, yeah. I. I I ought to give him that, and it should be goal of the season contender for the whole of the Premier League because of how it
3: was. Especially I, the opposition as well. I
2: don't want to give it to Wood because it was too obvious. So I'm going to give it in another game, which yeah. I thought was such an important goal as well at a time when we were playing Southampton, and I'm going to give it to Danilo because it was just... The, the touch from Morgan Gibbs-White is sensational. And then the commentary... Is also sensational for Danilo. Like the the whole the O's on it is 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 brilliant. So and I just thought <laughs> at the time when when we when we really needed, I know that point that Chris Wood helped us get at the time was also equally important. They're all 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 important points. I just I really enjoyed that goal. It was such an important time in the season for me. So I'm going to give it to Danilo.
3: Yeah, it was that home bank again, wasn't it? What we come through in Forest fashion, uh, Christian. What about you? No, that's yeah. Adam's right. I said just
0: in commentary. In fact, the Lenner goal was just top drawer in it. I had a thought. I mean, like, I I think mean, mine is. I, mean, I have gone for the obvious. I have gone for Chris Wood against Manchester City because I mean we literally out pepped Pep. I mean, <laughs> but I mean I think just because I thought like you know there's a Johnson goal against Leeds. I thought it was a cracker. You know, we, we have had a very good goals at other, other points this season. You know, uh, even to give one against Brentford when he wriggled, I know was took deflection, but he wriggled mm-hmm. round like two, three players to get that shot away. So, you know, we have scored some like, beautiful goals this season. But I just think, you know, given how, I think you have to, in the context of the season, how we've played. Like we know full well that we've been in survival mode for the majority of all of the season. Um, it goes against majority of all of Cooper's principles to play that way and you know it's been difficult for players for fans to watch at times you know you think of some of the games we had earlier this season where we're like we're trying to grind out a nil-nil and we're losing or you know you're of leads we've thrown away from playing like defensive overly defensive negative football um, not through choice but just purely because you know we just need to cling on to something and that's the easiest way to do it well it's easy in terms of you know, like, inverted commas um it's not easy keeping the Premier League team out evidently but um, so for us to then switch to the Forest that you know absolutely lit up the league championship last season and doing like every player touches the ball you know it's just uh, the way Johnson just like you know doesn't shy away from Roger just runs straight into him you know the baller from Gibbs White uh, you know everything's just top class like And obviously, we've said so many times all season that, you know, one thing that annoys us with Forest is that no one seems to gamble. And as much flack as Chris Wood has got, he did gamble then. He made the run. He might have made that run 50 other times in the similar game and not had anything. But he was there on hand joining the spot for that one. So, yeah, that's my favourite goal of the season. Lee, what about you?
4: Um, Christian reeled off a massive list there. And I was praying he wasn't going to say the one that I've picked out. Um, and he didn't. Um, I'm going to go for Johnson against Everton, his second goal. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think for, to do that on your weak foot, I think kind of typifies what Brennan Johnson's all about, to be fair. As frustrating as he can be sometimes, um, he does have that quality in, in his locker when you know when it's needed. And he's done it more often than not this season, to be fair. So, yeah, I just think given that that game was massive, I mean, like we've said on this pod before, everyone had that earmarked as a... a A definite W because Everton was so poor at the time, Um, and had we lost that game, things might look uh, a little bit different now.
3: Yeah, so two votes for Chris Wood because I'm going to go with that one as well. Um, I mean, Christian's pretty much covered it. Um, Art Pep in a Pep team. I like that. Um, I mean, I mean, all points have counted they so much, but that was another massive point to, to get a. It's like a bonus point. Once you kind of expect City to come and roll you over, and you, you go away thinking, oh, as long as we don't get absolutely thrash like we did at the Etihad, we would have probably been happy. So, yeah, it would have been that goal for me. One that has gone under the radar and was really underrated. And it is quite a shame because it mattered for nothing. Was Emmanuel Dennis's goal against Newcastle? I thought that the technique of that chip was absolutely superb. And to also like Duke here and Trippier running back on the line with the season he's had was, yeah, lovely finish. Just a shame that goal mattered for nothing. But yeah, so the red side of the Trent goal of the season is the team goal against Manchester City, finished off by Chris Wood. Right, moving on now to the game of the season. Um, So from you guys, the listeners again, there's a lot of love for the Southampton home win. And also the Liverpool home win, of course. But, I mean, the winner for this one was always going to be this one. And that was the game that secured our Premier League safety by beating Arsenal by that single goal to nil. Um, Adam, what's your favourite?
2: A tough one. I mean, I thought we was doing three for for each of these categories initially. And um, I, I wrote down a few. And I think I've kind of boiled it down to... Because I didn't follow Forest when I was like really, really young. I mean, I played a lot of football on a Saturday or watched my brother play football on a Saturday and on a Sunday. So my footballing, my Forest supporting days start when I'm like 16, 17. So I don't know the Premier League by then. So for me, I'm going to put West Ham at home, first game of the season. I just thought the whole Jesse Lingard thing, the first game back in the league, the sunshine in August, it was... Literally everything, and obviously, Henderson saving Declan Rice's penalty, the worst finish of the season, arguably from Tyro One, where Lingard almost scored. I mean, it had everything, yeah. Then, obviously, uh, West Ham having a disallowed goal, uh, VAR being on our side, where we got a first, like a second taste of that, if you want to count the playoffs. Uh, and I just thought it had everything. And now I have that memory of the first Premier League game I went to that I, as an adult, especially that will go down in my memory until I die, basically. So I'm going to say West Ham at home.
3: Christian, what
0: about you? Um, I'm going to go for... It's interesting. I think Adam made a good point. Obviously, you're right. The game, really, realistically, people are going to pick us after one because, again, it was on paper, like, we shouldn't have had a chance. Um, They did to Wolves today what I thought they would do. What, what it, yeah, I thought we'd get that treatment, essentially, like 5-0, Thanks for coming. Like you know, the, the dragnet,
3: treatment.
0: Yeah, we're we're pissed <laughs> off. We didn't win the title. Like get fucked. Um, I thought we get that. Um, so obviously for us to win one 0 with a brilliant goal as well. Obviously you know Gibbs White, good great assist for the tie Um But I haven't gone for that. I haven't gone for the Liverpool game either. Although I think the Liverpool game is my favourite personally, just because that was my hundredth game at the City Grounds. So for us to beat you know Liverpool one nil and that was pretty special. Uh, also West Ham game was very special as well. Um, but no, I'm going to go for the 4-3 against Saints just because I think that in terms of drama, in terms of what that meant, in terms of what you captured, I mean, like, it felt, obviously, we we got a bit of a bounce after the Brighton game. You know, we lost in sickening fashion to Brentford. It was sort of like, all right, okay, we need to get something from this, really. And it just felt like, even just before kick-off, it just felt like something was different. There's a weird sort of energy in the air, like a positive energy, if you like. And... Yeah, I mean, obviously, for, for it to go the way it did, I mean, that's the game that will be shown for years, like because it basically all, all but relegated Southampton and it put us in a position where you know we, everything was in our hands again, and we subsequently took that and went off and stayed up. So, for me, that's my favourite same of the season. Yeah, the 4 3.
3: Lee, what about you?
4: Yeah, um, all of those really. Um, if I had to pick one, I think I would say the Liverpool one, to be honest, just because. I sensed when we got promotion that we'd probably surprise at least one of the the typical, the stereotypical big six, if you like, uh at home. So I think when we did it, to do it against Liverpool as well, they've got so many insufferable fans, haven't they? It was just. um <laughs> it, say it that too nice. loudly, bloody hell. <laughs> it, it wasn't nice. Um, I mean, had we beat Man United this season, that would have 100% topped it because I went to a school that was full of. Mansfield born Man United fancy so I, yeah. I got. Yeah. So uh, but we didn't, so I'm gonna have to plump Liverpool instead.
3: So it's casting kind of vote um for me, which um I'm sure you guys know which one I were going for. I didn't go unfortunately couldn't go to the Arsenal game. So um yeah, I'm going for that Liverpool home game. I think as well, we'd gone on a massive run out with them where we'd not um we'd not won for ages. So yeah, that'd be the one for me. Beating them, you know, they were the season before, obviously, on the cusp of a quadruple and ended up with two cups. So, to beat a team of that quality was, yeah, really special, especially with it being Liverpool as well and the history between them. So, that means the red side of the Trent game of the season is the 1-0 win over Liverpool at home. Um, Finally, then, for the Forest Awards is our signing of the season. So, you you guys, again, the listeners, as I keep repeating... (laughs) And um, this was mainly between two of you guys, so Morgan Gibbs White was the other, but the man who does edge it, and a very handsome man in that is Felipe so Adam start us off, who's your signing of the season
2: yeah i've I've gone with the the listeners. It's Felipe for me, I mean. You, it's hard to give a bloke who's come in January the sign of the season, but I don't think he was below a seven very often, was he? He even in that run where we didn't run, we we didn't win for ages, he was sensational. Yeah. So I, I don't think you can, you can you can you can't give it not give it to him. And I mean, he's going to be a valuable player next season, even if he's more bit part. But I mean, at, was he thirty four? He still looks amazing. Yeah, obviously he's still very handsome. But like, I mean, like fitness wise. His reading of the game is sensational, so I think like he he's someone that we can definitely like help stabilise as next season and push on and hopefully get to like that mid-table kind of mark. Uh, so yeah, he'll be an important player next year as well.
3: Christian, what about you? See, I was torn. I,
0: I found it amazing that obviously Felipe. Um, obviously missed today because he was injured but 15 games in a row with you know coming into a new league having barely played much for a flaco this season as well um that's pretty impressive although i haven't i have gone from january signing i'm amazed that all the listeners and all of us here so far have completely ignored john joe shelby by the way i mean his, (laughs) his contribution to our safety you know you have to give him full credit to that uh yeah yeah had a good um, half an hour at Fulham
2: my, oh yeah, my, yeah what half hour it's like John, my, John, John Joe having a marred kind of helped us though didn't it because then we stopped playing oh, yeah, so yeah
3: exactly yeah so there you go he, he's uh, starting the season because Pe- people you would, the team you could argue as well Wood getting injured might have helped us out in the yeah, long yeah, run really, I know yeah. it sounds harsh and horrible but you know but carry on anyway but no I
0: narrow it down to a few I narrow it down to Aurier Philippe because obviously again going by the rules that we set I couldn't pick Gibbs White um Felipe, because obviously we I picked him as in part of my player of the season awards. So I was torn between sort of Aurier and Danilo, and I've gone for Danilo because a lot obviously again, we've had some very really good ones, you know, Henderson keeping six clean sheets was imperative. Navas coming in and maintaining that sort of shot stopping element again, imperative. Um Near when he came in, you know, Colossus. Uh, obviously Lodi, as we touched upon earlier as well. So most of the signings we've made, actually, from the 30 have largely been pretty good, which is quite surprising, really, considering how many we made. But I am going to go for the Nilo purely because in terms of the wider scale of things, we've got, for six, four years after this, in terms of contract, his value is only going to go up and his goals were so important in keeping us up. I mean, we signed him what we all thought was like a defensive midfielder and he's just been like a box-to-box you know, someone who knows how to sniff out a goal. And it's just been so crucial. Like, you know, the goals against Brighton, Southampton, even the one at Brentford, which, you know, put us in a great position before, you know, we sort of dropped the bollock a bit, really. But um, I'm going to go for Danilo. Yeah, just, I think, because he's got so exciting for Forrest. It's so exciting to watch him develop and grow. And one of the reasons why I'm just so happy we stayed up is because like, people like Danilo, Gibbs-White and Johnson, really, you know, young players all under 23, we can see them at least for another season develop and grow as footballers at Forest. Whereas, had we gone down, the likelihood of keeping all three would have been slim to none,
3: really. So, yeah, I'm going to go with him. Lee, what about you? Uh,
4: Chris Wood, joking. I'm um, <laughs> well, go... expecting
3: Josh Bowler, that guy, who, that Hwangu went Wang to the Yu- match. Hwangu Yu- yeah. Joe's a real star of the season. Or like. Christina's Christina's son being thrown into the mix.
4: <laughs> in all seriousness, I'm going to go for Serge Aurier. Um, I'd actually go as far as saying I think he's probably probably one of the, pound for pound, well, theoretically, because he didn't cost us anything, but pound for pound, I think he's probably one of the best signings we've made in the last 10 years. I mean, you think of the stick that the so-called, the, the data nerds say, oh, why are we signing him? He's 29, he was shit at Tottenham, and he was so clumsy, and he did this, and he did that, and, and all of a sudden, I've watched 30 games of season with Villarreal, and he wasn't very good for them. Um, look at the impact he's had. I mean we might have been dead and buried by the time. If we'd have been playing other players in that position, you know, when he first came into the club, we we might have been dead and buried and, um, around Christmas time. It, it was that He was that good before Christmas, I thought. Um, and every time he didn't play, um, I mean, to be fair to Williams, he did kind of fill in quite nicely uh, recently before he got booted in the jaw by his own player, but that's a different matter. Um, but yeah, he, he's just not of the same quality at this stage in his career, and I think... When he hasn't played, um, we've really missed him. So, Felipe would be a very close second, but I just felt it was right to give it to a player that we've had all season, rather than someone who's only played for half of it.
3: OK, that's cool. Uh, I mean, cast vert, again for me. I'm going to contradict that statement, unfortunately. And I, for me, it is Felipe. Um, I just think he's come in. Kind of how Steve Cook come in last season in January and made a massive impact to that back line. His experience is I think Adam mentioned his positioning, his reading of the game. He's probably, to be honest, what I've seen of him, probably the best centre back I've seen at Forest in my time supporting the club since I've had a season ticket since the early noughties. So um I'm not too that old yet. So yeah, I, I just He he was a brilliant signing, he really has. And he's he's someone who's just been so up for the fight. You know, I I think back to that Leeds game where the lack lack of fight from the full team was evident, whereas him, I thought he was superb that. line. he got stuck into every challenge and that's kind of summed him up, that performance. So that would mean, yeah. So the red side of the Trent signing of the season is the very handsome Felipe. So well done to him. Um, I mean, with us being part of the Premier League again next season, which is, I won't ever get tired of saying that because I don't want to go back to the EFL. Um, we also thought it would be fitting to do a few special mentions for the whole league, really. So we've got three topics for this to round off the ceremony, if you want to call it that. Um, so first of all, we're going to do the top three players Forrest have played against this season. So that's not who's been over the whole season. That's just in the games against Forest. So Adam, who are your three? can go in any order for these. So, I've put Erling
2: Ireland at number one. Well, in, in, kind of not in order, but I went to that City away game and, I mean, <laughs> sum up a striker. I mean, he just in between the posts. I mean, it's was quite surprise we kept him at bay at the City ground and, thankfully, he, he had an off day. So, but yeah, he was, he's just... A, he's not a human, that bloke, anyway. Um, and then I've put uh, Ilkay Gundogan second. I've always been a big fan of his, but, like, again, at the City... At the at City's game at the City at this at the bloody Etihad, and then at the City ground, I just thought he just loses class. So yeah, and I thought, and then Kieran Trippier, I just thought a bloke ran he ran it for Newcastle from right back. So I couldn't not give it him. It was a between him and Isak because I thought they were both sensational, and probably a special mention to Casemiro. But yeah, I could I, I couldn't not put Trippier in there. I thought it was magnificent.
3: Christian, what about you?
0: Uh, so I mean, I've also put Harlan in my three. I know he had a bit of a shocker at a City grounds, but um, prove he is he,
3: human that game.
0: Yeah, that well, that's it. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you look at how he played at Etihad, yes, I mean, you know, it was just torture. Like, he just <laughs> absolutely. He did, I've never seen a striker or a player do. I mean, obviously, we we've conceded hat tricks, but us a questionable level players in the Championship <laughs> or, and lower. Right. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, and um, it was the one that Buddy Blackburn, Rudy really just did. Always used to score. Said loads against us, Matt so, Smith. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Matt Smith. For Christ's sake, but um, Harden, it was just different. Like it was scary, like seeing him go up against that forest back mine, which was like, rather naively set up that day. But he just exploited it massively. Um, so he's, I've got him first. seconds. I've got Thiago Silva, who. Just doesn't seem to age. I mean, in terms, I mean, um, Lissandro Martinez is um, an honorable mention because I thought in that cup game at City Grounds, he was just, just phenomenal. I like, just don't notice how quick he is, but Silver, the way he reads the game, just like obviously the term Rolls Royce is used quite like frequently, but he really is a Rolls Royce defender. And like you know, just at the level, the age he is to be at the level he's at, it's just a testament to his professionalism and ability. And number one, I've gone for Harry Kane um, in both games. City uh, ground down at their place, uh, Kane just ran the game. Both them, like you, you can try and keep him quiet. You can try and like you know set up a plan for him, but he just finds a way. Where he just drops deep and gets on the ball and pulls three centre backs out of position, or where he just floats around, just like reads the game, bends anyone else to the box, and just gets there. The fact he scored thirty goals this season and Spurs have come what eight, it's just a joke. Like he yeah. deserves so much better than that. Um, so yeah, uh, Kane be number one for me.
1: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
3: Uh, Lee, what about you?
4: Yeah, Arlen's kept his place in mind, uh, but he has dropped down to third for his performance at the city ground because um wasn't great that day, was it? Let's face it. Um, I was torn with which position to put the other two, Um, but I've also gone for Kane as number one. Uh, I'd never actually seen Harry Kane in the flesh uh, before this season, and I've defended him to all sorts of people on Twitter who think he's not very good and he's bang average and all this, that and the other. I'm sorry, but if you still have the belief that Harry Kane is bang average, um, football's perhaps not for you, I'll let you draw your own conclusions who I'm aiming that. At. Um, but in number two, I have gone for Marcus Rashford. I thought he was excellent in the cup game. Um again, I don't think I'd seen Rashford in the flesh either before. Um and he was just he was absolutely his pace was unbelievable. Um, as Joe Worrell quickly found out in that game. Um so yeah, I've plumped for him. But there's so many others who could probably get honourable mentions and not even necessarily players that I thought would be a pleasure to watch. One that does stick in my head for the honourable mention um would be Pellinia at Fulham, who was absolutely exceptional, I thought. Um when they when they had that devastating was it eight minutes where they scored three goals. Um he he was just um he was one of those players that you look at the money he cost and you think, with all the money we spent, why didn't we try and get in? Um, and, yeah, he's, he's had a good season as well. So, it would be those three, but uh, he would be a very close fourth for me.
3: Yeah, so for um, for me, um, for number three, I've gone with Gio Cancelo, um, or Cancelo, I don't know how to pronounce it. He was fabulous in that game at City. Um, he was literally doing the Morgan Gibbs ball outside of the fort. He dropped one on Bernardo Silva's chest from across the pitch and I was like, wow, this, this is ridiculous. Um, you still have to pinch yourself, don't you? Mentioning these players against Forest, I must say. Um, it just shows how strong City are that they can let a player of that calibre go. Um, number two is Casemiro. Um, the away game in the league, I just remember a couple of minutes in, him absolutely launching into a challenge and um, and with respect, we are a bit, you know, Manchester United will see us as a bit of fodder and expect to beat us at home. And I was said to, Emma, I was like, there's a winner straight away. I was like, there is a winner. Doesn't care who it's against. Absolutely flying in. Um, I mean, he's had a sensational effect on Man United. Anti Cantonar-esque effect, in my opinion, because he's, he's just trying to change that mentality. Um, and then number one for me is Thiago Silva. Um, that Chelsea home game, it was just like. Silver at the back on his own with a load of the clans basically and he was kind of just looking around like am I the only one who actually is going to try and defend here I mean to say what is he 38 Thiago Silver, which is to be playing at that level at 38 is ridiculous so he's number one for me um, I actually f- felt a bit sorry for him that night because Gula Barley got an Aspilicueta absolutely ran ragged on that right-hand side by Tywo. So, um, yeah, that would be my top three. But there's so many, as Lee said. I mean, Harry Kane. I mean, I love Harry Kane. You know, four goals in three games if you want to count a cup against us. um, Going back to the first home game of the season, someone who was, I thought was really impressive and was vastly unlucky was Ben Rama in that game. You know he hit the bar with a free kick, he had a golden slide. I remember he absolutely skinned Joe Warren one time down the left wing. He's probably given him an honourable mention for that game, but there is literally so many. Um so we're going to move on now to the second um topic which is the top three Premier League manager of the season. So Adam will start with you.
2: Well I'm not going to be boring and give it pepper or teta because they're just too obvious. So I've gone for in no particular order, Eddie Howe, Marco Silva, and Roberto De Zerbi.
3: Who would you go for number one if you have to pick? Probably Absolutely. Eddie Howe.
2: I Eddie think Howell. like, yeah, because I know Newcastle had the ability to spend, but they didn't, which is like quite admirable. I mean, I know they have in the past and it's kind of added to it. Like Joel Linton's turned into like a superb box to box midfielder. And obviously Gilmaraj is very good and they spent sixty mil on Isaac, but I was I was honestly in the summer expecting just them to be like what City did where they brought in like every Tom Dick and Harry and and, and and all those sort of people and, and so fair play and Eddie Howe's like he he's made Newcastle a champions league side again. I mean I bet I wonder if any Newcastle fans have done that done when we survived and someone's put clough in the bloody air, uh, looking down on Cooper. They've done that with Bobby Robson with with Eddie Howe. I don't I don't think they would have, but yeah. I think he's just been class bringing him back.
3: Christian, what
0: about you? I uh, see I did toy with um this but um I've gone for again, i much like Adam, I've not put in um Arteta or Guardiola. Um just because I mean Ars- I mean fair enough, it was an improved season for Arsenal and no one expects him to, top- well, expect to get top four. few people expect him to get top four There they in a title fight, but I mean this integration was pretty memorable. And as for Pep, I mean, it's sort I think, that winning 15 games in a row is seen as semi-normal for a Pep Guardiola team, but that's, that's how stands as sets, I guess. But, um, no, take the credit, uh, sort of take some of the limelight away from them. I've put Marco Silva and Furs just because I think, I and I, I had Fulham to go down, I thought, you know, they'd be that typical Norwich yo-yo that they've been for several years before. Uh, and for them to finish the way they did was exceptional. I thought they were a really, really strong team. Um, you know, obviously caught beat us twice. Um I came out from behind in one of those games. Uh it just seemed that like you know, his man management as well, like getting the best out of Willian again. Willian was playing like the Willian that Arsenal thought they were signing before he uh obviously didn't do very well there. Um uh, obviously Mitrovic has carried on his scoring form into the Prem, even despite having a late-game ban. Um obviously Palini has been tremendous. You know, Anthony Robinson's looked really good, Tim Ream's looked really good, Burn Leno was a very astute signing. He's built together a very good competitive side. You have to give him a lot of credit for that because, you know, they made, you know, yeah, especially coming up like we did, it it's, uh, really is impressive. Uh, Seconds, i I've got Eddie Howe. Again, much like the reasons Adam suggested, to take to the Champions League at least two, three years early, it seems. Again, very impressive. And, you know, you've got the people like, uh, it's, it's not man, oh, whatever Langstaff is that's playing, um, Longstaff sorry, like, like, playing like a mid Declan Rice things like that that you know really sort of emphasises coaching abilities. But number one, I've gone for Emery. I've got. I think um, job and Emery starting at Villa is a- absolutely incredible. Like you think when we played them that one-all draw to stop that that horrid rancid run, and where both teams sort of signed off on a point about twenty minutes to go, and the mess that Gerard left them in, I I, I honestly don't think Gerrard will get a Premier League job again because of how well you know done. It's very similar to what Cooper did last season with us in that you know. Took over an awful or well, a manager that wasn't working for whatever reason, uh, despite previous successes, and had the players there, knew what to do, and got them to Europe. Like everyone was saying that, oh, you know, they've they've signed these players, they, aren't, they haven't got it in them. But what Emery's done with people like Watkins and stuff is just insane. So yeah, I'm gonna go for Uncle Unai as my manager of the season.
3: Lee, what about you?
4: Yeah, Christian stole my thunder at the end The day. Emery was one that I have wrote down in the top three. Um, I've put Pep in the top three just because I think, given that they could possibly win the treble this season, it's impossible not to include him somewhere in a top three, um, as boring as that might be. Um, Emery at number two, like Christian's just uh, alluded to, they were terrible when we played them and it was one-all. Um, and I, I get that, yeah, he had the same players and all it took was someone to sort them out, but but boy, as he sorted them out, they've got into Europe for the first time in 13 years, so that deserves some credit. Um, and Eddie Howe is comfortably the Premier League's manager of the season. Um, like Christian also said, I think even the most ardent and passionate of Newcastle fans, if you'd have said they'll get into the Champions League this season before they've really opened the chequebook and signed what you'd consider a world-class, stellar £100 million player, um, yeah, I think even they would have struggled to uh, go with that notion. So, for them to be in the Champions League is just uh, remarkable. And what I, find, I actually find quite fascinating, which I probably shouldn't because they're going to be competing with us still uh, in the same league, is just how far Newcastle can go now because they, they're they kind of two or three years ahead of schedule. Um, So, it's going to be, I, I find it absolutely fascinating. Could they actually compete with City? Who knows?
3: When you've got the whole of Saudi Arabia behind them, they've got a chance. Um. Something I must say is that there is so many managers who've done a good job this season. Um, There really is. I don't think I can remember a Premier League season where you could literally hang your hat on so many managers and say they've done an actually really good job. My top three, anyway, is number three, is Eddie Howe. Um, I did say in my pre-season predictions that he would get Newcastle into Europe, but that was the Conference League, not the Champions League. So, yeah, I have to agree with you guys. There, He probably is ahead of schedule what they'll do in terms of recruitment, because they've recruited pretty well and the right characters, I'd say, so far. Whereas now they're in the Champions League, would it be very easy to kind of go gung-ho and just splash the cash, which I don't think they will do, to be honest. Um, I think they're very smart up at Newcastle. Number two, and someone who hasn't been mentioned yet, is Gary O'Neill. We and the whole football fraternity for Bournemouth would finish bottom. That was confirmed even more when it was absolutely tanked 9-0 at Liverpool. So for Bournemouth to get a rookie manager in who's had no Premier League experience and keep them up, I think Gary's done a fabulous job there, personally. Um, I don't think anybody would have gave them a hope. um, So fair play to him. And I am going to be boring. My number one, because I believe this will happen, is Pep Guardiola. I do think he'll do the treble. They are probably the best English side I've ever seen City. They are absolutely relentless to win 15 in a row. People can talk about the money. They have spent a lot of money. But what Pep does is he will turn a £50 million player into a £100 million player. And I just look at some of their team this season of the improvement. John Stones, he's changed his game. They brought in Julian Alvarez at a snip. And I think he's got 17 goals in the this season despite being uh, understudy to Haaland, they've been Haaland. I mean, everyone I think expected him pretty much to bang in the goals, but not not the goals he has. Uh, and this, I mean, even allowing, like I said in a previous comment, likes of Jal Kinsello to go, it, it is crazy. And yeah, I do think they'll do the treble. Um, I'm a big pep bummer, unfortunately. Yeah, they've, they've, only,
2: they've only won the league because they drew against us. <laughs> Wonder One said it, didn't he? I well, know, yeah, I he, said that,
3: he said that kicked him up the backside, which is I mean, uh, for, lovely for, to hear. Forrest helping
2: all, all the people in the league. I mean, we, we drew to him to help Arsenal and then they didn't want any, any help
3: and then we we beat Arsenal to help City. Yeah, I am a I am a massive pep fan. I just think <laughs> his coach, he's the best coach in the world and, and improvement in me I mean Jack Grealish is another one I know they paid 100 million for him this season but he was considered a flop last season he's been very good this season I mean a
2: a, a Kanji for 16 million yeah what a deal how have they got away with that
3: he also sold he also sold Zinchenko, Jesus and Sterling to rivals Nathan Aki was nearly going to go out the door and he's he's put him back in the team so you've got to hand it to him I know that will seem boring but um, and that could be subject to change if they don't do the treble but I generally think they'll giving to Milan a bit of a beating I think the jeopardy game is Man United because it's a Manchester derby and they can stop them doing the treble which is the only they're the ones who've done it so so yeah that's my top three but there's so many candidates there really is and you know Steve Cooper could be a candidate to get in the top three what he's had to put this season and um, done a brilliant job to keep us up so to wrap up this um, we're going to do a Premier League team of the season so we'll run through these um, start with you Adam
2: I mean, my, mine's not really a playable formation with the, the person that I've got, but I've, got, I've done a 3-4-3. Three, three. I've put uh, Nick Pope in goal, Kieran Tripier, uh Ruben Diaz and Sven Botman at the back. I've put Casemiro, Kevin De Bruyne, Bruno Guimaraes, and Martin Erdegaard in midfield. And then I've put Bakayo Saka, Harry Kane and Erling Haaland up top.
3: Okay,
4: Lee, what about you? Yeah, same as Adam, I've, you wouldn't be able to play this, it'd be 10-9 every game. Um, I've gone for <laughs> true Garth Crook style, uh goal, I've gone for Shaw, Gabriel and Stones as a back three, uh, Casemiro and KDB in centre mid, uh, and then I've got a, a front five, call it as flexible as you want, try it on footy man for me, um, Rashford, Odegaard, Saka, Harland and Kane. Adam, what about
3: you? Sorry. Christian, what about you, should I say? OK, okay I'm um, going
0: So I've gone, I've Round, gone for the I Forest 4 for, for, uh, 3 one two formation, if you like. Although well, there's a bit of goth crooks shoehorning in there as well. So I've got a Poping goal, Trippi at right back, uh, Saliba and Ruben Diaz at centre-back with Nathan Ake at left-back. I've got Casemiro as a holding midfielder with Odegaard and KDB either side of him. I've got Saka in the 10-roll
3: and Harry Kane and Haaland up front. Okay. Right, so for me, I've also gone a 4-3. Sorry. 4-3-1-2. Yeah, fucking hell. It is proper Garth Cooks, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, so for me, Nick Pope would be in goal. I've then gone for Trippier, um, Saliba and Stones some the two centre-halves, and I've also done a bit of a... Controversial and I put Dan Burden at left back because I don't think there's really been an outstanding left back this season. So for someone who's a centre-half to play there all season and have the success he has with Newcastle, third in the um, third or fourth in the league, or well, Champions League football, and get to a cup final, fair play to them. The midfield three. So we're going to kind of do Rodri will be my holder, and then either side of him will be KDB and Gundigan. Um, Odegaard in kind of the 10. And then I've gone for Haaland and Kane up front. I had to get Kane in because for him to score 30 goals in a team, what we hear on TalkSport every bleeding day, that's in an absolute crisis, is incredible. And I feel so sorry for him that he has to put up with it. I I generally hope he gets a move and wins a couple of trophies. and hope, fingers crossed, with England, but um, his career deserves to win something Harry Kane. It really does. Um, I know he'll have the legacy of being Tottenham's um, top ever goal scorer, but um, yeah, I really hope he does get that move. Um, so I'm going to hand it over to you then now, Adam, who's going to go through some of our pre season predictions. So take it away.
2: Oh, so we did a, a league table uh at the start. I mean, I've got some great quotes as well from that episode at the start of the season, but we had Bournemouth in twentieth, Leeds in Everton uh, Leeds, Everton in the bottom three, Southampton seventeenth, uh, Fulham sixteenth, us fifteenth, Brentford fourteenth, Leicester thirteenth, Wolves in twelfth, Brighton eleventh, Tetonford Villa, ninth Newcastle, eighth Crystal Palace, seventh West Ham, sixth Man United, fifth Arsenal, fourth Chelsea, third Spurs, second Liverpool and Man City. And by God, we were so far off. I don't I think the only ones that we actually got. Right, it was Leeds in nineteenth. Uh I mean one one of the funniest things was Lee put uh Leicester in eighteenth and I asked him if he was all right and he just texted me back. <laughs> he said, Fuck it. <laughs> so uh I thought that was funny. I mean, uh Christian quote would uh Bournemouth will go down with 20 points and there'll be an embarrassment, but they'll beat Forest though, because that's just the way it is. And they did beat Forest, yeah. obviously. <laughs> um Jesus used to score more than, than Nunes, which did actually happen this season, Christian. So you got one. Uh, you put Timo Werner as the Premier League under silver. And who? Did, when did Timo? Did Timo Werner leave in the summer?
3: Because I can't even remember him playing. Did he play yeah, against theirs? He Must have done. Yeah. Did he in. No. Nah, went, went in the summer. Did he leave in January? Right? I think he might well have done. But I mean, it's
2: like...
0: Start of the season. He, what he, he went back
3: to Leipzig, didn't he? Yeah. 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 And then, like, Reece, you put the
2: Ronaldo situation as a farce, which it was. So that that happened, obviously. Same um way. Another thing you put, Spurs have arguably got the best front three in the league and they finished eighth <laughs> this season. <laughs>
3: to be fair, Kane did score <clears your> 30 goals. So.
2: Yeah. And then, obviously, you put you said like when we did our prediction between seventh and tenth. You said oh, I think seventh is right up for grabs. Uh, which you said about Villa and Villa got seventh after a manager change, obviously. Um, and I said something. I said that uh, I'm surprised Fulham didn't get a new centre back because Tim Ream having shit run down his legs after zinkenagel chased him for that one nil over one nil win over. They had Fulham. a good
3: season, in Ream. And
2: he had yeah. Well, Pep said if he was a bit younger, he'd have him at City. So. Um so there's that. Um <laughs> yeah, there's there wasn't that many craziness from us, but there was a few. I mean, you said uh Reese about the Bundesliga is so bad because Rangers beat Dortmund, for example. <laughs> um and obviously we we obviously had a lot of German players, well German uh based players come over to play for us in Niakate, Mangala, and a And I think by the end of the season you'd say all three were pretty vital for us so it'll be interesting to see what will come next season I mean I am already going to put my hat on it you see what I've done there that Luton will come bottom so
3: <laughs> that's what man
2: well you've got to say it haven't you because yeah, I, mean, I don't say... think they will I hope he's definitely United hopefully I mean it's Just going to be interesting I think we'll obviously bottom, do we'll, we'll obviously do like our prediction again after like a few transfers, when maybe it's like what a week or two weeks till the first game of the season, and you see some fixtures. But it's going to be bloody interesting next season with Burnley, Burnley, Sheffield United, and and Luton. I mean, that what a story that is. Whether you like them or not, they've what is it? How many six promotions in ten years or something ridiculous? I mean,
3: yeah, fair play to them. I do
2: Definitely. think it's quite funny that Nathan Jones left them in League One. They got a they got a man a different manager. They got promoted. He left them in the Championship. Luton got. Watford, what the Watford manager, their rivals, Rob Edwards, and he got them up. So it's gonna be bloody interesting. So next season will we bl- we'll will be great. But I did want to ask everyone what what's everyone's like. What do you think your ambitions are for Forest in the summer and then and next season? Like because I I personally think baby steps would be good for us.
3: Yeah, I think like um top of like the mid table. Um, in terms of bottom half, maybe like twelve something like that would be probably a good, just not really being a relegation battle, really, it'd be till two games out of the season would be good, wouldn't it? Just to, just to build on this season, it's, the, the problem is with the Premier, and this is what I mean when saying about the Bundesliga, compared to the Prem, all these leagues, the finances are miles off the Premier League, it's crazy. That's why we've got the director, chairman of AC Milan kicking off at Forest in the summer because of the money we're spending. This is a team who's got to the Champions League semi finals this season, one of the most prestigious clubs in the world. So, yeah, um, I'm sure the owner will put his hand in his pocket again because he he's, he's matched his talk with the money, Anthony. You can't fault him on that. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we can push on. I'm not expecting us to bleed and go into charging towards Europe or anything because. Unfortunately for us, every other team will be saying this, they'll want to build on it. I mean, you look at the seasons Chelsea and Liverpool have had, for example, really poor. Spurs, another one, really poor. Um, and they'll be looking there'll be teams looking to build on it. So yeah, I think for me personally, if we can finish like mid table, the bottom top of the like the bottom half here it would be good for me. It'd be nice. Um, I reckon we're going to do the title charge, so oh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> come on, no, a joke. obviously, no, a joke. we won't conference league before Champions League yeah. in <laughs> No, I, I uh, completely
0: agree. If, if we finish 12th, 13th, and our last five games have got nothing to play for, then that's more than job done. Um, that would be huge, Forest. absolutely huge. Just, I think it's just about making sure we stay up now. I mean, it's, I, I think. Obviously, being away for so long, it's opened my eyes to just how cutthroat this league actually is. And, yeah, honestly, I think for every season, even if we got to a point where, you know, a dreaming land like like Newcastle are now, I still think the first priority would be stay up 35 points, 37 points, just get what you need and then go from there. And I think now that has to be the aim for next season. Aim to get 37 points. I think it was 35 this season to stay up as needed. But aim to get that as quickly as possible. Then you can do what you can do. But, I mean, ideally, like... If we even if we came, I mean we came sixteenth, didn't we? But you came thirteenth or even fourteenth. Like that's still an improvement. so it's to gradual, it's shown a sign upwards. Like maybe a, a, a touch more attacking. I don't, I don't want to see us be as negative as we have been this season. Obviously, that shouldn't happen in theory because we'll have a settled sides and with you know a few minor additions. We I think we really can be a team in the Cooper moles Maybe not quite as like flamboyant as last year's team, but that's because of who we're playing against and we're still not quite there yet. But just a side that you know. How we've ended the season now, these last six games, and we can keep that consistency over you know, the whole season, even when we lose, at least we'll be losing narrowly, won't, won't be any tonkings or anything like that. I think just small things like that would re- resemble huge, huge progress for Forest. And like, you know, help maybe get the stand built, get some like, you know, shovels in the ground, get some like equipment down the city grounds. They like, really help us progress and kick on as a club. I think it, it, we can't be, you know, looking too far down the road just look at what's immediately in front of us and I think the next logical step process is a couple places higher and don't be in the mix for the bottom three with a few games to go
4: yeah I think um, I echo all of that in terms of progress in terms of where we're going to finish and that sort of stuff what I would like to see in terms of the summer we need a head physio um, That's that's got to happen uh, for a Premier League football club no more pissing about and um, and quantity, quality over quantity for me in the transfer market this time. Streamline the squad. I accept that some of the ones that were signed um, in January and in the summer last season, uh, last year, should I say, I haven't worked, so try and ship some of those on um, and just look to add maybe six to eight. Uh, um, preferably ones that are going to be our players as well. I'd probably use the loan market. If it gets to sort of, because obviously the wind is going to close We might have played three or four games by then. Just looking this season, yeah, we played five games by the time the window closed. So if you need to dip into the low market once it's started, fair enough. But I would try and secure six to eight players who are going to kind of become the future of Forest. Not of the same ilk because they'll cost money, but players like Gibbs White who can progress and make us profit. I mean, I know they've got relegated today, but you look at Leicester's recruitment over the last five or six years. That has to be the benchmark. Signing players for um, relative peanuts and then selling them for millions has got to be the uh, order of the day, I think, for us.
2: I mean, I think you look at our squad and it's like you've got Johnson, who's just turned 22, Gibbs-White 23, I think Danilo 21, 22, Awundi 25, Mangala 25. So I think if you can kind of like fill some of those gaps and still keep the experience, like Felipe and and, and Aurier and those sort of players, then... We've got the makings of a good squad, and I think you've just got to let Cooper now slowly build. But obviously, we've all we all know what Marinakis can be like, and if he's, if, he might want to be a bit more ambitious sooner. But I think he may have realised how difficult it is, like what Christian said about it being so cutthroat. So I think baby steps. Let him build. Let uh, this is the perfect time now to get our house in order. Really, like what you said, Lee. Head physio, sort the facilities out. Sort our academy out. Give Gary Brazil a bloody new contract for, for for crying out loud! The bloke single-handedly saved our club at times with with what his production of young players. So yeah, I think it's a really good time for Forrest to become a bit more of a stabilised Premier League side now. And I think that's such an important. I think the, the summer is so important this season to to build on that and and not get too carried
3: away as such. Um. Now we've got more time, definitely, as well. You've got to have some more structure in that behind the scenes, haven't we? Um, which we obviously... Was that the short last year,
2: the shortest summer ever, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, because we were struggling, obviously, last year, weren't we, with getting promoted late and um, obviously having to do loads of stuff to the ground, etc. cetera. Uh, that's all been done now. We've also had to, obviously, recruit so many players. We've now got a basis of a squad. We've got to... Obviously, the squad's got to be trimmed in terms... Of, I think we've got, like, a dozen players out on loan you know, some of them just need to be moved on really. There's also players who are coming to end of the contracts. There's probably a few who haven't worked out who would be looking to move on as well. So fingers crossed we can have a more solid squad next season in terms of no real hangers on and um, yeah, we can keep pushing forward. Um, we have had a few technical bits and bobs on this pod so apologies for that. Um, Zoom's been a bit of a pain tonight for some reason but um, just a reminder, anyway, before we wrap up the pod that our fans game is now full. So thanks to all who have paid to play in that, um, hoping it'd be a great day. Um, part of the po- part of the pot, not pod, will be going towards the mind mental health charity. So if you would like to contribute, please DM the pod and I'll add it personally to the pot for that game. Um, if you do want to come down and watch, have a beer in the clubhouse after to celebrate staying up and Celebrate me firing a shot out of the ground, then please feel free to do so. Um, so that's it. That's it for the 22 23 campaign and our, our first prem season in this century, as I mentioned earlier. Um thanks to everyone who has listened this season um and interacted with the pod. It's much appreciated by um all of us. Um, I mean it's been an absolute rollercoaster along the way. <laughs> um, plenty of praises, plenty of grumbles. Um, but in the end, the club, everyone involved at the club, the owner, the manager, the staff, the players, have done as fans as Prad. Um, they really have. And, you know, by keeping us in this league, and we'll have a second season, at least, of top-flight football. So, you know, despite some opinions at times, a massive well-done to all those who have con- contributed to this. Um, I'm sure we will bring some content out during the summer, but um, enjoy it safely in the knowledge we are still the pride of these midlands and nottingham forest are still premier league goodbye
0: this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan
2: network talk sport powered by fans
1: away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home advantage of mcdelivery you win Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.